Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Okay, on today's Triple M Show, Albie Kidd, Johnny Perini. We've got Adelaide United's coach, Carl Viet. And uh, yep. the season, instead of being months and months away like it has been, mm-hmm. it's only about 15 days away to kick off, which is great. It's, it's good news that finally... We're about to start the season. So Adelaide United right at the top with Brisbane second. Okay. What? Oh, well, it's alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. So is so, that your that prediction, is it? <laughs> so that's where they're sitting just now, but no games played. But uh, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Adelaide lost last weekend to Brisbane uh, in a friendly, by the Did way. Did they really? 2-0 away. We'll speak to Carl about that. Yep. But well, they're playing the first game against Perth on the 15th of November. Daniel Sturridge. And it's a big one for Perth as well. It's their only home game in the first six games. So it's going to be tough yeah. for them. Correct, mm. Johnny. And uh, Daniel Sturridge, you know, let's have a chat about that. What, uh, see if Carl's got any tactical awareness about what's going on there. A good striker. Still only 32 years of age, mm. lads, which and is young. Young. <laughs> which is young mm. because normally, we, you know, when a guy comes across here to this country, he's normally about 35 or 36. Mm. So he's still got a bit of you know, movement in his body to, to get there. But it hasn't played in 18 months, and also yeah. he's still in quarantine, only 16 days out of the uh, before the A-League starts, still finishing his quarantine. So yep. fingers crossed he gets enough training and uh, we can see him in round one. Do you so. think he'll be fit? Um, the jury's out on that. Mm. You know, being 18 months out of the game and coming back um, to play in the A-League, you know... Let's let's just see how he goes. Yep. You know, he obviously at thirty two years of age, he's got, you know, if he gets his body right, yep. he could be still very very beneficial for Perth. But uh, the jury's out. I think right now it, the best we'll see at the moment is off the bench. You reckon? Yeah. Well, let's, if they use him like that as an impact player, mm. that would be wouldn't it be a, a bad idea? Similar to what's happening uh, through Alex Ferguson's um, uh, coaching. Uh, you know, with Ollie, Ollie yep. Solskjaer, Man, the Man United coach, to to use uh, Ronaldo spasmodically mm. as an impact player. He saved his job. He saved, he has he has saved his job. I watched a little bit of the Champions League yesterday. Yeah, when they drew two two with Atalanta, and Ronaldo scored those two goals. Well, that second goal, in my opinion, and the referee didn't pick this up. Neither did VAR. Was a handball in the lead up, but it was a great finish. Great finish. But how many times Superb. is this guy going to save Solskjaer? Yeah, it's um, there's something sadly going wrong at uh, Man United. You know, you look at Maguire at the back there, Val, Johnny, terrible. You know, he's an England cat. Has he ever been any good? Well, you know, McTominay as well uh, frustrates me. He's a Scottish lad. But uh, these two players, for me, uh, it's a big call, especially when the guy, uh, Maguire, being uh, an England international, I just don't think they're good enough to play for Man United. I, I honestly can say that. Or England. Or England. <laughs> you know, there's something happening there, mm. but uh, all he's got to get his act together. He's getting uh, hassle from every man in his job, especially uh, every man in his uh, dog. And uh, you look at... Um, uh, oh, I forgot the, the guy. Get it out, <laughs> The Irish guy. The Irish guy. Uh, Roy Keane. Yep. Uh, Roy Keane, every single week he's got something negative to say. It's very weird. And then Harry is, Nett, is it negative or just factual? Well, he's 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 very negative individual. And uh, Harry Redknapps got back at him 
to say maybe uh, Roy Keane should be on uh, mm. all his coaching list. Now, the reason he said that, Val, I don't know if you've seen the, the interview with um, Harry Redknapp's uh, uh, nephew. Um, was he still? <laughs> Mick <laughs> Jagger? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Are you going to have to cut this? Roger Daltrey? No, no. The guy, the guy used to play. I'm leaving for it in. Liverpool. No. <laughs> he played for uh, Liverpool and uh, J- Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Junior. Jamie Redknapp. You just yeah. butchered this whole segment. Because Ro- yeah, exactly. Because Roy Keane gave Jamie Redknapp an absolute hiding on a, an interview. Just a. a you know, right. Yeah. Mm. He was he was in the studio, Jimmy Redmat was at the game and they were arguing very fiercely. But you know what? It's great to have opinions. Mm. We should always have opinions. Yeah. And Roy's got his opinion, let it go. And you'll want to have opinions. I'll tell you longer. who speaks very well though, is uh, Graham Souness explained uh, Another how opinionated man. He is, but he, he speaks very sensibly. And you know, he was speaking about uh Ronaldo, how he could be used, you know, and the mention that he, he he doesn't close close him down or press high, but then again, when you look back his career, when he was there the first time as a young kid, he never done that either. Well, no young kid, but why would you get him to do that type of work when he can finish? And he did the same at Juventus for three years. Real Madrid used him in the same way. He's not been used any different. And that's the reason that uh, Graham Souness was saying the system that they play, mm. they need to change the system to suit Ronaldo, mm-hmm. because if they're going to play a high pressing game. Ronaldo's, uh, you know, a missing link. So, but as you say, Val, correctly, uh, he, he scores goals for fun. That's exactly right. I mean, Johnny, Tottenham have appointed Antonio Conte, the Italian. Yep. No, no, Spirito Santo got the flick. <laughs> yep. Love that name. And he's at ninth position in the league, by the way. Yeah. So he's not doing too bad. Mm. But on a positive note, mm. with Conte, uh, lads, what a, what a good uh, coach, good pedigree. He's won... Championships. He's been a national coach in Italy. He's won the championship. Hothead in uh, yeah uh, Milan. It's a big appointment as well. So it's going to be a big one for Tottenham, and uh, a lot of people are happy with that appointment. So I'm looking forward to see what he does at the club. But if you look at Tottenham with, with the Harry Kane Harry Kane scenario, not being allowed to leave and aggravation there for the coach, and I, I feel I feel sorry for the coach. I really do. He's sitting in ninth position, which is not a that good, good for, guy too. But he looks. is a lovely bloke. You could you could tell he's a he's a nice gentleman coach, um, and I think he's just been caught up with the with the nonsense that Harry Kane has created there. Absolutely. I really do. Now this is uh, I think news for the racist. So. Remember the Euro final, Italy v England, and the Remember Italians well. ended up winning it in a shootout. Yep. Now, a football fan who who live streamed himself on Facebook racially abusing three England players after the Euro final is being jailed for ten weeks. Posted a rant about the three players in the England team: Marcus Rashford, Jordan Sancho, and and Bukayo Saka, who missed their spot kicks in the shootout yeah. before the Italians actually won the thing. So the Crown have made a decision to jail this guy for 10 weeks. This is where we're going. Now, England are getting really, really strong on this, and obviously I think it's a good thing. It's it going to help stamp it out. It was a massive thing at the time. Everyone was trying to stamp it out because everyone got behind the team. It wasn't their fault. It's just it's football. You miss penalties. It's 50-50. It's either way. But 
we got to stamp racism out of this game, and they've tried so long, so hard for so long, and now they're making the. It, it shouldn't matter mark. where you, what you do, mm. what where you come from, footballers, and and we're bringing all this. I don't know. We're 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 labelling players because of where they come from and stuff. It's a football match. Yep. Doesn't matter where and, they. And no. we're a free sport. Let it be free. Mm. Look, it's, look, there is. Looking all the years I've been involved in the game and playing and coaching and, and all the above, there's there's abuse comes from. You, you look at the, how Steve um, uh, Steve Steve Bruce, how he went out at Newcastle. He got totally abused. His family got abused. He was really really tearful and you know emotionally affected. You know that's a shame. That's that's abuse as well. But coming back to the the twelve weeks, well, the, the sentence that the guy's got. That's a great starting point for people to learn. Well, we can't be racist with anything. Mm. Let's hope they can stamp that out of the game. Up next, uh, Carl Veer from Adelaide United. It's an in-swing, a tricky win. The keeper misses it, and it's a goal. It's gone in. Mistake by the goalkeeper. He completely lost it. And Adelaide United take the lead. Okay, on the line now, Carl Veer must be uh, counting that. Have you got a calendar, Carl? To mark down the days, what, 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 how many days since the last official game? A hundred and something? I couldn't tell you um, since the last official one, but um, yeah, I can tell you it's... Um, What's coming up? Yeah, it's two weeks Saturday. So, yeah, uh, playing Perth there, Carl, uh, away from home. Uh, it's a tough gig there. They've got, um, I reckon they've got their act together. They've got Daniel Sturridge in the, in the team as well. Are you, are you putting out any tactics here to, to against Daniel Sturridge? Uh, no, not really. Um, we never um, sort of identify any sort of individual players. It's more of a, a team thing, and you know we'll look at, you know, well, we can't look at what they've done in pre-season because I don't think they've played too many games. Same yeah. as does. So um, yeah, we'll just have to, you know, try and get as much information we can in the next two weeks and work out a plan for their for their team. Daniel Sturridge again, and you know, former Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City player. You know, he's only 32, uh, Carl. It surprises me that he's been allowed to uh, come across here at that particular age. But having says that, when you look at his background, he's been out for 18 months. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> well, you know, he's got, as you said, he's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world yeah. and, and played for England and, and scored a lot of goals and is has a great pedigree. But, um, yeah, you know, playing in Australia, it's difficult. You know, you can see the amount of foreigners that have come to... Australia and the ones that have, and it's only a small percentage that have had success. So um, yeah, he'll. I, I think he'll take him a little while to to acclimatise to Australia. Um, and you know, Perth are going to you know have a, a tough run at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think we're going to have him in Adelaide, maybe for five or six days after uh, you guys face him because they're coming over here to play Melbourne Victory in the FFA Cup at Marden, which was yeah, quite that'd incredible. Be, yeah. It's yeah. quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Liverpool supporters looking forward to seeing him come out and, and play. Groupies. You gonna, are you one of those groupies, Carl? No, I hate Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> now, Carl, just the team, where is it at at the moment, say, compared to this time last year? I know that, you know, COVID stopped Adelaide from playing a lot of friendly games. You played your first friendly interstate on the weekend. It, it didn't go as planned. I think you went down a couple of goals to nearly against Brisbane. Well, where, where, where are you at right now? Um, yeah, look, other than the match conditioning, I think um, physically when we look at our data, we are maybe uh, 20% better than what we were last year. 
Um, so, you know, I think we're in, in a good space. Uh, we've got, you know, pretty much everyone fit other than um, Nathan, who's on a long-term injury. Everyone mm-hmm. else is, is back in training. And, and you know, Stefan and Goody are, are a little bit um, behind everyone else. But other than that, you know, we're, we're pretty looking pretty good. I've got to speak about the draw as well. Uh, I had a good look at it last night, Carl. And, um, I mean, you're an old-school footballer and... You know, you love the home and away. You played in England, played over here, the NSL. So you played Perth in round one and round six. You faced the Mariners for the first time in round 16 and round 20. There's a 10-day gap between playing Melbourne City in January. You play some clubs three times, some clubs twice. It doesn't seem to be balanced, in my opinion. How do you see that? And, and, and do you agree with what's going on? Oh, look, that's the way the, the league has been done for the for a number of years now, you know, we play four teams three times, you know, and how they work that out is you play two teams that finish in the top half of the table, you mm. play two teams that finished in the bottom half of the table, and and that's just the way it is, and, you know, I think we always have it in there that we play Melbourne Victory three times, and it doesn't matter where they finish, it's always three times Melbourne Victory, and I think it may be even Sydney, I'm not 100% sure on that, um, so it's... The, the draw is what it is. You know, ideally, you'd, you'd play everyone home and away. Yeah. Um, you know, twice or three times to get the games, the amount of games in that we need. But um, we have a, we play this, the season over a shorter period and instead of extending the season, we, yeah, we well, make it shorter. Well, what sort of really, <laughs> it gets on my goat, the 10-day gap between playing Melbourne City. And I'm thinking, yeah, if you've got a couple of yeah. injured players... You've got no chance to recover, maybe to to have a good go, you know, and that's that's for both sides. Yeah, look, that's you know, I'd say all clubs can would will say they've got some short turnarounds, and that's you know, we're professional footballers, and we just have to you know get on and, and do the job. It's as simple as that. Um, you know, the, I think you know we would prefer to have the consistency of you know having home and away. Um, and then you know there's there's chunks a lot of chunks that during the season where we have two games at home then two games away then two games at home um, which is fine you know we know what the draw is and we can plan ahead for it Carl it's Johnny here um, looking into this season we saw in the preseason FFA Cup some of the young players coming through like Bernardo Alagic and a few others what can we expect from these boys are, they, are we can we expect to see them starting in round one and look, yeah, yeah, I think um, you know Bernardo has had a tremendous preseason, and and there's a, a, a very big possibility that he'll be um, in the starting, or he'll be in the match day squad at, at a minimum. Um, you know, we've got some. He said uh, our way forward with the club is to um, provide a pathway for these young players and give them opportunities. And you know, Bernardo has has um, done tremendously so so far this um, preseason. You know, those two games in the FA Cup, he was excellent. Um, but you know we have to also be careful that you know he's a he's a sixteen seventeen year old kid yep. and it takes <laughs> it takes a lot of effort for them to play um, you know football at this level and we have to be mindful that we have to get um, his loads and get him right for when we we play him. Carl, coming back to the fitness of the players, um, obviously there's many measures of. Um, testing the players and beep tests and all that type of stuff. But who is the top three, just for the listeners, who are the top three fittest players um, in the group? Um, most probably uh, Josh Cavallo would be the, the fittest player in our group. And then um, you're most probably looking, most probably ECS, he'd be up there. Um, Wanda is up there. 
um, and Louis Dorigo. They're most probably the, the most fittest mm. players that we've got in the group. Just with uh, the finals, it's changed a little bit as well. So one and two have got the double chance now, and uh, it's, it's a little bit different, which is which is good. So they're obviously the best positions to finish in, and then three down to six. So have you targeted where you want the club to be? And I did read something maybe about 10 days ago saying that, you know, the budget of Adelaide United doesn't compare to, say, Sydney FC, <laughs> Melbourne City, and they're just smashing it with the, the ability to attract players. So is that another angle to this? Oh, look, it's, um, you know, we always want to uh, make the finals. And, you know, last year we we made the finals and got very close. You know, that, that game against Sydney, we were very close to knocking them off. Um, but that's, you know, the advantage of finishing the top two that you get that little bit more rest and you can go into those finals games a bit fresher. Um, but, you know, the, at the end of the day, it, that's what it is, the salary cap and and, fin- and the financials of our club. Um, we we know that and we have to work into those parameters. And, you know, we're very happy with the, the players that we've assembled here and we've got some very good players that a lot of clubs would like to have. Mm. Well, we can't wait to see those players in action, especially Bernardo, one of my favourite young players coming through in the off-season, mate. Good luck. We'd better let you go get to training and we'll uh, good luck in the round one in a couple of weeks. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cheers. Carl. It's Carl Viet from right. LA United. So, uh, Albie, that was Carl Viet. Daniel Sturridge. Looks like he'll be in Adelaide for a few days after the opening mm. game in Perth. Hopefully he flies over. And gets ready for that cup match against Melbourne Victory. Five or six days in Adelaide. Or it could even be longer because they've got to play Adelaide City. Um, in December. So was the, question, December. was the question, Val, will I be queuing up to get his autograph? The answer is no. Well, you're not but, a fanboy. But, anyway, <laughs> but really, I've never, ever been starstruck with anybody. I remember my father, uh, <laughs> early days, when Alex Ferguson was um, at Dundee, and, and which was the club that I ended up playing for. Um, he says, there's uh, Alex Ferguson, but you, you want to go and get his autograph? And I says, no. <laughs> Why? Are you serious? Yeah. He didn't well, get it? No. I, I Actually, was, I've never been that type of individual. I'm, uh, yeah, to, to I think Val's been opposite. Bit, I'm a bit different to you. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I've met a few players in my time, and I was starstruck when I uh, happened to meet Maradona at the 2006 World Cup. Mm. And, well, uh, I actually interviewed uh, Pele down at Castle Plaza, and I never... Got his um, oh wow autograph. What live? Live, yeah. When he and you never got his autograph. No, Did you that, get a photo? Yeah, I had a, got a photo. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to meet Ronaldo. Ronaldo, I nearly melted when I saw him at the World <laughs> Cup yep. as well. Yeah, and helping him out. And David Beckham's another one. I'm throwing. I'm dropping names like this Jeez. tomorrow. I'm not even going to mention mine then because they're Name nothing, nothing in comparison. But, yeah, yeah but, and, and Carlos Bilardo, the coach of Argentina. Anyway, the list goes on. Here I am. I'm a bit of a fanboy, but uh, no, I won't be camping outside for Daniel Sturridge, that's but for sure. He one, played for the wrong club for me. And one thing as well, with that game, it's a weird, uh, weird uh, venue as well to host it. Martin Sports Complex, with someone like Daniel Sturridge potentially playing, that's going to draw a big crowd. His first game in Adelaide. And uh, well, that could be his first game if he doesn't make it into uh, fit enough for round one. But it's only like three to 6,000 capacity. Somebody of that note, I would suggest maybe... 
maybe on the bench just to mm. sort of give the, 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 the fans a bit of a flavour about the game. But, yeah. you know, if I was sort of in charge of that club, I wouldn't really be putting Daniel Sturridge on there in case yeah. he gets injured because there's more important things, no, obviously. Put him on. Yeah, I reckon imagine having Daniel Sturridge at Marden. It's something yeah. in history you'll never speak, no, this is a speak guy that, about again. This yeah. is a guy that, that, that does a little dance when he scores a yeah. goal and that. He's, he's, he's a pretty good dancer, by the way. Mm. But um, let's hope that he, he does well. It's, it's good for uh, somebody of that calibre to come out here and play in, in Australia in local, and hopefully he does well. Yeah, and then especially in the local ground, an NPL club or even the State League One club now, their home ground is going to host uh, potentially Daniel Sturridge. Well, John, I reckon that will put probably an additional 1,500 people on the gate mm. because he, he oh. will certainly put bums on seats for sure. Yeah. Well, just talking about Martin, Tim Kale scored his first international goal there yeah, he in did 2004. Too. Mm. Back well, in the day. Yep. Vince Grella played there. Mark Verduga played there. Mm. Superstars really. have played on that pitch. Adelaide City beat Western Sydney Wanderers to be the first... And the second tier club to knock out an A-League club. And now with the Asian champions back then as well. Mm. Quite incredible. So, yeah, FFA Cup, that's uh, still happening. Adelaide City uh, chairman, we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago about this, and uh, News Corp published a story about them being really upset about the timing. And I do feel for the club. Well, they just came off the grand final. Now they've got to keep training until December to play, be fit for that game against either Perth well, Glory think, or Melbourne Victory. I don't th- yeah, they'll be training and then it should be their pre-season, Albie. And I don't know how this is going to work. If you keep players that long, mm. and this will be more than a year now that Pezos has had the team together, they've got a break, and then their season starts in February. That's surely detrimental to the start of the new season. Mm. Well, as we all know, it's disjointed, and um, you know, look at, looking at keeping your players fit, that's one thing, just the, the fitness there, but um, match fitness is a completely different thing, yeah. as we all know. But, so they've got a problem there. This is, this is round 32. So if they do win the, um, the round of 32, then they've got to keep fit for round of 16. So that means they could potentially not have any time off at all. They've got to keep themselves fit for the round of 16. And so, I think Greg Griffin had a fair, mm. fair comment to say that the FFA Cup was to be inclusive mm. of all the second-tier clubs, not to disadvantage them, to give them the best possible chance to get as far as they could. Yep, yep. And... 2014, Adelaide City did get to the last eight. Yeah, they, they they lost to Bentley Greens. This is not doing clubs like this any favours. No, I agree. And, I agree 100%. It's it's really disjointed for me. And um, you know, as second class citizens mm. as well, you know, the A League teams are getting fit. Yep. Uh, so it's it's geared towards um, the the A League teams and the the NPL teams right around the country will be struggling to keep their guys fit for mm. sure. And then. The excuse of COVID has been thrown out. Okay, it did impact, but the, I mean, next year the FF the FA should learn from this and have a cut off date for these playoff well, matches with the A League team. If they don't get done by June thirty next year, the team that finishes higher stays in. The team that lower because we could have another say mm. COVID. Yes, exactly. Blast off again. Give. Everybody, a cut-off date. Don't, don't prolong this. I think it was hard. This is the first time they've done the FFA Cup during COVID. They postponed last year. They cancelled it at the end. So this is the first time during COVID. So I think, it, to, their, to, the, to their credit, though, they've tried their hardest with the closures and stuff like that. So it's not easy to, to yeah, do, but, but hopefully they can learn next season and make it even well, better. Well, you think they would have learnt from what was going on right around the world. Mm. But um, there's a couple of co- coaching changes, Albie, locally. Yeah. Jimmy Sakinas. Um, West Adelaide? Great appointment. Great lad as well. Full Stubbins at did Raiders. You, did you yeah. coach uh, Jimmy? I coached Jimmy. Yep. 
I think I gave Jimmy's debut, actually. Really? Yeah, at the West Adelaide. Yep. Uh, Full Stummins at Raiders. Uh, Matriciana. Uh, at uh, Campbelltown. That's not announced yet, Albert. You break, you're breaking news here, brother. Well, and uh, my news is uh, correct, uh, it I is think. It is 100% correct. With Brent Hearn going up there to assist uh, Matrish. Same, same with Oliver Tatani. Mm. Apparently he's going to assist him as well. Right. You might, well, I've never heard that. But uh, Paul, heard that one Paul Pesos, <laughs> um it's rumoured that he's going to Melbourne. Those um, rumours are being quashed. Yeah, mm. I think he's going to be remaining but it at least. But it doesn't mean he's not going to go. Well, there's been a lot of rumours on uh, Twitter this this off season. It's been crazy mental, and a lot of uh, re-signings as well. Uh, the uh, with the NPL as well with the uh, White City. They made the the goalkeeper announced that the after the grand final he was done retiring. Dual Chamberlain oh, from okay. uh, did some time in uh, Liverpool. Yep. And uh, now he's come back and re-signed for the club for the NPL in 2022. Well, money so was better. A couple of good coaches mm. coming up as well. Uh, uh, Tromboli. Uh, Jason. Uh, Burkala. Yep. Coming up into the NPL. Actually, oh, oh. just on Jason, uh, his son, Luca, watched him play a little bit of football uh, this season. Yep. yep. 18 years old. He's a unit and strong. He's got the same sort of peg as uh, his, his father. left left hubber. Yep. He's a guy Perfect. that I think... Jason looks after him, could go up. And there's all, yep. you know, father-son things always yep. um, fraught with danger. Yep. Demi we, saw that, we saw that with Steve McMahon back at Perth yes, Glory yeah. when he brought his son <laughs> in. Yeah. Well, the, Const- the Constantopolis boys have been doing very well under their dad, George. So, yeah. But it, but it's it's it, does work. it does work. It's hit and miss. And you've got to be really careful about your sons and, yeah. and their futures as well. They've got to be but if, outstanding. Otherwise, don't bring him with you. Yeah. yeah. If they're good players, yeah. Popovich uh, learnt that very yeah. quickly. Well, he's got oh, one of his boys one is, of his is, is outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. How many clubs did he take him with? I think it was about three clubs. Yeah. yeah. But so. one, one of the boys is outstanding. Mm. Back to the NPL, uh, Damien Mori, uh, promoted with um, Wastery. Yep. Um, done well. He'll be a good coach in that, uh, that NPL league. Mm. Absolutely. And it'll be a good game, actually, Adelaide City, White City. Also, the, the South Adelaide coach as well, Calderbank, um, he's done really well for that club this year. <laughs> and he's left. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a rumour. I don't think it's uh, however, no announcement I, yet. I, I was, I was, my, my news suggests that he was possibly going to be replacing Paul Pesos at Adelaide City. I think the two of them are really good pals, good mates. Uh, but Paul Pesos, I hear now, maybe staying at uh, Adelaide City. He was going to be going mm. to Melbourne, apparently. But maybe mm. the negotiations have broke down or whatever. But uh, two good coaches in their own right. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens. Watch the space. There's been a lot of rumours going on in the NPL. So, and uh, there's going to be a lot of movement if most of them get pulled off. So it's going to be a big season next year. Huge. The other thing, too, just going back to Carl Viet, touching on budget. And uh, Ross Aloisi came out and said that no one listens to – no one – actually follows the salary cap rules and he alluded to maybe clubs flouting it, flaunting it. What's your opinion? And so what if they do? Because football's an open market, yeah? Well, it should be and that's very mm. restrictive, isn't it? And, and, you know, I've always said that salary cap, you know, if you, you know, what, you, look, what you've got to do is you've always got to be led by the professional clubs of the world. And, and and come as close as that as you can. Okay, there's not the amount of money that. So you look at the money that's in the, uh, the EPL these days. It's just ludicrous. It's just silly money. Yeah. But um, when you look at a salary cap, you know, and you can't buy a player because you, you, you're 
you're right on the money with, with, with the salary cap. You know, that's it's restrictive. If, you, if, you, if, if there's going to be... It's like every single league in the world, the top two teams mm. or three teams are wealthy. They've got good uh, players. Let's not forget as well, we're in, we're in the entertainment game. Yeah. Right? We need to entertain people yep. for them to come along the ground and, and be entertained. I agree. And then a couple of years ago, Bruce Jitte, when he was the uh, football director of Adelaide United, said, and this is on the record, the club would be spending the most money it's ever spent in its football department. Two years later, what's what's going on? Well, again, then, then, then the word sustainable comes along. You know, the, the clubs have really got to get their act together, get their sponsors in. Um, in this country, it seems to be a, a, a very, very difficult task to it, to sustain that. Uh, but when you when you when you're looking for you know half a million dollars from people on a year to year basis, pocket money for you. It's very it's, it's difficult. Hey, uh, with the oh, over two million now, come, I think it's around two point eight million. I think it is the salary cap. If they were to scrap it, though, would that see a decline in, in clubs like Central Coast Mariners compared to bigger clubs that can spend that money, like Melbourne City, Sydney FC, because they might spend millions and millions and millions more on one player? Well, I think that this is the whole football scenario. So, mm. and Albie was right. You look at most of the big leagues in the world. There's three, four, maybe five clubs that are always at the top. Yep. The rest become feeder clubs on the transfer market. And until Australian football gets into their heads, and this has got to come from, in my opinion, Albie again, it's got to come from the bottom. Yep. And I've seen it with the NPL. It annoys me a lot that some NPL clubs who have got the cash go pick up, go cherry picking other NPL players to fill the team up to win a trophy, which costs them maybe four times what it's worth like in wages. Development has gone out the window and, and you've got some clubs that have got so many kids and, and one club in particular has won a lot of titles lately. So until clubs get this mentality right, I don't know how it's going to change, Albie. Um, and it's all part of the football ecosystem. Mm. Central Coast Mariners, promotion and relegation, that'll fix it up once that comes in. You're not good enough, see you later, another club will come up. Yep. If they're not good enough, they go, they go down. The A-League needs to be an open shop as well, I, I think. I feel right now is probably not the best time to do it. Let's just build up the league for another... We were at a good point about five years ago, but now I think it's... Build up the, yeah, uh, all the 10 teams, 12 teams. Years. We've had 16 years. I know, but a bit of a decline. But now with the stability of, like, obviously Channel 10 behind it, they can build up the league now for another five years. And then from there, I reckon we can open it up. But you do that and you'll find that the interest from the clubs who are expecting to get in that mm. national second division will drop off again and back we go again. Mm. They need every football player, every club in this country needs to have an incentive, especially if they're paying money in wages to stay alive. Yep. If they've got no incentive, we're just going to be the, the, mm. the mouse on the wheel. Well, yeah, you look at the, uh, I think we're stuck with the model of, um, you know, the juniors and the NPL for sure. You know, the, you've got the that model there that's difficult to change where, where the, the, the first team goes back to the juniors to, to get yeah. the money to pay the, 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 the professional players. Now, that model is uh, quite damaging in, in many, many ways. Uh, I think that needs to be changed, and I think it needs someone to take the lead uh, to to drive that in a different manner and different strategies and exercise different options to, to, mm. to get kids playing. And then you've got the development thing happening. But uh, again, I must endorse what you're saying there, Val. The, the monies that, um, that people are getting for players uh, that go to the next level, which is the A-League, that should be a lot more. 
Yeah. If that kid goes on to play for a Brighton or a or a, a Wolverhampton or, or an Arsenal mm. or somebody like that, th- there should be a lot of money coming back into the coffers of the 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 grassroots yeah. club. Well, pre- well, Barney Smith was on what a couple of weeks ago saying that I think four players have gone to the A League. They're still waiting for the training compensation mm. from the A League clubs. It shouldn't be on, and I. I think FIFA have got to come down on this. If if the club doesn't hand over the training compensation money to the club in the lower tier, the player and I, I know it's restrictive should not be allowed to play for your club. They've got to they've got to block it, in my opinion. No, I agree. But you know, and the other thing too, we, we've got like say the Gawler Eagles, and this is it's great that they produced a couple of players now who are coming through. Now Gawler Eagles' biggest product at the moment is Riley McGree, hmm. Socceroo. Right, looks like this kid is is going up and up and up and up, and obviously he's playing in England at the moment for uh, is it Birmingham? Birmingham, yeah. I'd like to walk into their club rooms and see a massive poster of Riley McGree, saying, "This is the kid that started his football here. I was there this year. Nothing there. I couldn't find anything. But it, they market market yeah. the kid, mm. market him. But they don't have um, a lot of local clubs don't really have that type of." Uh, recognition of past plays, even ones in the eighties and nineties. What what why why do you reckon it stopped? Is it is there a reason or just Well I think it's probably down to resources and, and, yeah. and different say once a, a chairman changes, the board changes and nothing ever gets done. So it's now a lot of a lot of clubs need now a general manager. Adelaide City have appointed one which is good. So he can start the ball rolling and yeah. get it done professionally. Adelaide City is another club. Forty odd players who play for the Socceroos we should be able to walk into Oakton and see every photograph of every player that's played for the national team. Mm. It creates that culture, Abby. Well, not only that, but it's interesting to to people like us going into a club and looking, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. You know, Alex Tobin there or, you know, Aurelio Vidmar or mm. Carl Vert or yeah. you're, you're all really, really, Johnny really Perrin. good. Yeah, Johnny Perrin, JP. Uh, all good players in their own right in different eras and, and stuff like that. But it's very, very interest, inter- interesting to for, uh, for to go down there, um, go into the club rooms at halftime and have a cup of coffee and, and see these uh, you know these champions of that club. But how good is it? I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to be at Easter Road watching the Socceroos yep. take on, uh, this is the home of Hibs, take on Scotland back in 2012. Walk into the club rooms and you see like history like there's no tomorrow mm. and it like it took me a good half an hour to go through look at the photographs look at the past players trying to connect in, into my head did i ever see this play it's just really good to see george did, best george, was he at hips yeah he was at hips was he yeah you know what i can't remember uh, yeah, there would really have been a photograph up uh about uh of uh, george best for sure is your photo up at any junior clubs in scotland albie Junior clubs, yeah, oh, um, be at Dundee, wouldn't you? Be on Dundee, yeah. Yep. I would, I would think so. Yeah. He's at Celtic as well. They tell me he's got a <laughs> photo of Albie at Celtic. Well, <laughs> never played there, but you're a legend. Albie, don't get shy now. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like talking you, about himself. You become a hero without even playing for the club, which is quite incredible. Yeah, I was actually I got the, the player of the year for Hibs as well one year, <laughs> and I've never played for Hibs. <laughs> How did that happen? I got the player of the year in '86 because I scored couple of goals that won Celtic the league, right. but uh, it, it meant that Celtic won in the league, Hearts never won the league, so the, the rivalry with Hearts and Hibs yep. is just immense. It's, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So, um, so if it wasn't for rivalries, you wouldn't have uh, become the 
legend at two clubs that you never played <laughs> but for. But this is the, the ecosystem of football. It's uh, great. It's just brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what a good show today, boys. That's all for the Real Football Show this week on Triple M. Cheers, Johnny. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, Val.